Hello there, listeners. Thanks for tuning in. Today we have a familiar voice on the podcast, Colin Perrier. Colin, Cassie, and Jason kick off the discussion of triads. All three of our guests today are a part of the instinctual triad. Enjoy. So Cassie, we are here again to talk about the Enneagram. Are you super excited or what? I love these episodes. It's your thing. It is. You, I love it. You're good at it. You understand it. You're well, able to you. like help us all be better people, understand ourselves, understand, understand the people around us. And I think that that's why we're doing this, right? Yes, absolutely. I think it has been life-changing for me. It has given me a world of confidence and grace with myself. But also in my learning of the Enneagram, I've also realized how much we just lack self-awareness in just our normal relationships, but especially in the workplace. And it has really transformed how... I have led how I have, you know, engaged with other people in our company. And so I think it's a useful tool for everybody to know. Yeah, I agree. And it, it that that is the key. It's a tool. It's not the end all Mm-mm. be all. It's not it doesn't put you in a corner and make you some it is a tool. To, and there's to lots use. of tools. There's right. lots of self awareness tools, but this one just happens to be my favorite. And I do think it goes hand in hand with Orange Consulting and our brands because the Enneagram focuses on the why of your personality, not the what, but the why. And we are so about the why in our company yep. for all of our different brands. Yeah. So it, it goes well with our values and, and our mission and how we function in our culture and all of those things. So bring us up to date uh, or remind us about what we are doing here today and kind of the things that we've talked about so far. If you can briefly just summarize and then we'll jump into today's podcast. Absolutely. So this will be episode three in our Enneagram series. So if you're just tuning in, I recommend going back to episodes and getting started with us. The Enneagram is an ancient personality typing system. It's ancient. It's been around forever. It's kind of had a resurgence in the last decade of um, new Enneagram teachers. There's now Instagram accounts and podcasts. And if you want information, there's lots of it out there. It breaks personalities into nine types. And it's looking at essentially nine lenses of how people see the world. And then um, each number has a name or a caricature or with it. So the one is the perfectionist and then I'll, we can go through the rest of them. But again, the bigger, deeper dive that we explain, you and I go through it all is in the past two episodes. And so what we thought we would do is the Enneagram is a shape. It's nine spots on a circle that kind of connect to make a star within a circle. If that's confusing, again, back to episodes. But if you're picturing a clock, the nine is at the very top. And then going clockwise around one, two, three, all the way up and around back to nine. And so the way the shape is formed, it creates triads, triad meaning three. So there's three triangles within this shape. And those numbers are related because of the way that they are instinctive to react to the things around them. So we have the feeling triad, which is all focused on the heart, the thinking triad, which is focused on head, and the instinctual triad, which is the gut. And so what we're doing now, we've already tackled what each of the nine types are. We've tackled a little bit more about these triads. We've talked about wings, which the wing number is exactly the number to either side physically. So if you're a bird and you've got wings, it's attached to one side of your body. Um, And so we've already explained a lot of that. But what we want to do now is take the ideology of it and really put it into practice. And so we have... um, a guest today, a guest next episode, and then one more episode, we're going to take each triad and kind of dive into it. 
Today is unique because you and I, Jason, are in the same triad, and we have brought the third person of our triad, or the third number of our triad, in as a guest, and so we're going to get to talk and give a little bit of insight to how we are all similar with our instinct being the the main thing that connects us, but also how we're different because of the different numbers we are on the Enneagram. Okay, so the triad we're doing today, I'm an eight, um, and then we have a nine. Um, and you're a one yes. and that triad is wh- what's the name of it? The instinctual, the so instinctual it's so basically if, to give you an idea, it's, we operate from our gut. And so we, you know, when we approach a problem, when we approach something that makes us um, anxious or something that motivates us, we're operating from kind of that anger. Unfortunately, they call it the anger triad, but it's not really like, Oh, I'm mad. Right. It's more of that, like burning in your belly that makes you got to move or Mm -hmm. makes you react a certain way. And so the eights react to that anger, that instinct by going after it. It's just head on. I see it. I'm going after it. The nines fall asleep to that anger. So nines are the peacemaker and they recognize that they're trying to keep the peace with everything within themselves. And so anger can disrupt peace. So they try to like suppress it. And then the ones are the perfectionist, and we are trying to use that anger inward. And so we have an internal critic that's really harsh to us, and we're always worried about, am I am I good? Am I making um, the world a better place? Am I getting it right? Am I perfect? And so eights external, ones internal, nines are trying to put that and quiet it down, put it to sleep and quiet it. All right, got it. Is it time to introduce our guest? It is. Yes. It's so time. We're so excited to have today someone that is no stranger to the big screen and to Orange Perspective, and that is Colin. Hello, Jason. Hello, Cassie. Oh, Colin so great Carrier. to be here. Welcome back. Thank you. Colin, how how are you? Just for a, a couple minutes, let's let's catch up with Colin. Um, how how have you fared? During the quarantine. Twenty twenty, man. You're looking good. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um I have been doing, doing all right. I have been keeping busy, I guess. But the best way I can explain 2020 is I split it up into little, or quarantine and the whole COVID experience. I split it up into like two little sections. The first section, you know, everyone's panicking and I'm, you know, everyone's quarantined in their own home. And I'm just, the best way to describe it, I'm just playing games. That's all I did. I was just like, I got a crossword puzzle in the newspaper every morning. I did that. I played my Nintendo Switch. I luckily bought one before everyone wanted one. Ever wanted one. Played a lot of Xbox. Played board games. Played board games in person and online. Uh, so I just like hung out. Then I got into like a social uh, little hub. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, kind of. Yeah. yeah. A little groove in the summer where I just got you know a coffee or a beer with people one on one or a group of three or so and. Just met with people, and so that's you never I, met with me. No, you, you never texted me. No, I didn't. I, I knew you were a hard man to reach. I would have, <laughs> J- Jason. You know you're getting a text in the next week. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime, Colin. I would always I didn't know have you a like beer. beer. You're like going to a brewery. Is uh, that something you, you like to do? <laughs> social. We didn't yeah, know that happened. All right. Uh, yeah, that that has just left me since COVID. I have mm-hmm. I'm not social at all well, anymore. I, instinctually, I knew that. It's, so. it's very weird. Um, well, thank you for taking time uh, out of your schedule. My busy social uh, your schedule. Your very yeah. busy social schedule to come and hang out with us for a few minutes and talk about. 
the Enneagram. You yeah. are a number nine. You've taken the test, and this is something that you've thought about in the past. Maybe not as deeply as we have, but you have thought about this in the past, right? Absolutely. Yeah, It's. I am a nine. I'm a nine-wing eight, um, and as some people say, that's the most confusing Thing. Yeah, it sounds very confusing how those two go together, but because okay. Because it's, yeah, it's, uh, my wife explains it like, you want to keep the peace, but you, for some reason, like poking buttons for some reason. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know why, <laughs> but I do. <laughs> Just like want to, I don't know, mess with people. I don't know what it is, but it. it's, it's a, it's a fun, I love it. I think it's, you know, it's my personality, so I love it. Um, it's, I, I love it in the workplace because it's um, something that I have a lot of, I uh, usually give a lot of empathy towards, you know, people around me in the workspace and then in a job I'm in with marketing, empathizing with the consumer, with, you know, people that are experiencing our product or breakout or whatever. Mm, I love it. So you just jumped right on into like our first question. But nailed it. Okay. Yeah, nailed it. Let's back up just a second. When were you introduced to the Enneagram? Can you give us a real quick little blip? What's of- funny? Yeah. Uh, what's funny, my wife... Uh, told me about it, and I kind of immediately assumed, I'm kind of maybe a little bit cynical um, at times, and I was immediately cynical about this. I was like, oh, it's just a horoscope. That's that's whatever. Um, I didn't want to like you know believe it in or think it could be helpful or whatever. Um, and I took the test, and I got the result. I'm a peacemaker. I'm like, okay, yeah, I like to keep the peace. That makes sense. Um, and the more I kind of looked into it here and there uh, in the way – that I uh, specifically look, looked into it, which was how I react to other people and other numbers. I was like, wow, this makes a lot of sense. And so like how I would react to even like conversing with a seven, like, wow, this is a friend, like a friend of mine would be a seven. And this is exactly how we like, just, like communicate. And these are the things that go great in our friendship. And these are the things that go sometimes south. So it's very, it was just great awareness. Um, at first I was like, oh, wow. Okay. I, now can just like put a name to how I've been behaving my whole life. It's just Mm. me. Oh, I love it. Yep. It helps you kind of give that why to Mm -hmm. why you're acting and behaving and thinking. Okay. So back to how um, answering through the lens of knowing that you're a nine wing eight. What is it like for you in the workforce? You said that some of your strengths are that you can empathize with people you work with, with the customer that you're marketing towards. Um, But have you thought also how maybe... You, what you struggle with as a nine in the workforce? Oh yeah, probably more so than what I uh, <laughs> my strengths are. Um, the other strength uh, before I get into Love it, what yep. I suck at. Um, yeah, please, please give us more. <laughs> or you can sandwich it. Uh, no, I can let you sandwich. I think I'm. I think I'm very adaptable. Um, mm-hmm. And in the startup industry, I think that was very uh, helpful and needed um, during you know the five years that I was at Breakout and Orange Consulting. There was a lot of. Um, you know, adapting that needed to happen and uh, adapting that did happen with our company and with uh, everything. And it was very natural to me and it was very fun to me. Um, and so my roles changed a lot. Uh, I was kind of put where I needed to be uh, at times. And I was uh, started to realize where I was best fitted um, and not so best fitted. Um, and then, you know, so yeah, the, the adaptable mm-hmm. um, personality of mine um, is very helpful there. Uh, weaknesses. I, I have just so many. I am not. <laughs> Did you type these out on your phone? You're looking at your phone. Some of them, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow, you came prepared. I well, love it. Yes. Look at this. This no. is a legit podcast. Yeah, I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm. I'm. I am legitimately um, very um, impressed with your thoughtfulness. Thank you. 
Um, and this actually goes completely against what um, you just mentioned, but I am not, my weakness is I'm not detail oriented <laughs> at all. Uh, this is a bad example because I am truly not detail oriented. I never think about the details. I, I'm just, I just get bogged down by them the same way that, uh, you know, Cassie loves the details and that's why we worked really well together. She, um, you know, we always used to say, you know, something, a project or a thought would come to Bryce's uh, head. And so it was 1% complete. And then I would take it and kind of run with it and take it to, you know, 90% complete or whatever. And then I did not know what to do with the last 10%. I could not finish a project for the life of me. I just can't do it. Um, and so I'm really good at running with things and um, taking it pretty far, but the last ten percent, where it's you know detail oriented, I am I'm basically useless. It's it's just not something I'm very talented at. You're not useless. It's just not one of your strengths. But well, that's why you and I worked well together because as a one on the Enneagram, I am very detail oriented, and so I think where I don't thrive is that creative. Without a roadmap, I'm like, uh, where do we go? Mm-hmm. So Bryce would drop this one percent idea, and I'm like, mm-hmm, that's a great idea, and then call and be like, oh, I got it. And yep. then I can come in at the end and say, okay, here's how we wrap it up, tie a bow, get it where it needs to go. I'm yeah. even thinking of the 8-9-1 dynamic because the 8 would be very much me at the beginning, just like going and blowing, taking charge, let's yeah. do this, let's hey, do let's this, do let's, this. Do this. Yeah. let's do this. Mm-hmm. And then um, between like you, Colin, being able to say, okay, I'll run with this for a while, and then Cassie taking the baton and mm-hmm. saying, let's finish this, this is how we tie up all the loose ends, this is how we make it happen uh, and we finish this project. Yeah, uh, that's a good dynamic. Mm-hmm. But if you don't, if you don't know that dynamic, what happens? Like, what? How does it blow up? If it if if you're not a, if you're not self aware in that situation in that team dynamic, how does it blow up? How is it blown up in the past for you, Colin? Jeez, I mean, that's a great question. The idea that I'm a nine, I am just the awareness that I have the ability to see kind of every side of a story or every angle of, you know, in the business world, a project, um, I can, I can see how things would go wrong. I can see how, you know, things that would go, you know, right. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of a good example of, uh, something that has blown up <laughs> besides the fact that, uh, you know, my, I wasn't very self-aware at the beginning of, uh, when I you know first got this job, I was put in a position where I was supposed to lead people, be in charge of people, oversee them, kind of project manage them. I didn't know that wasn't my gift. I thought that was kind of like a natural progression in the workforce. Like you start entry level, then you are in charge of people, then you're, you know, an executive, whatever. Um, that was just my idea of how the business world worked. Uh, but I soon realized I'm not gifted at being in charge of people and taking charge in that way. Um, and so I had to kind of have a really helpful and healthy conversation with Bryce and say, this isn't my gifts. I think we need somebody that is actually very detail-oriented and good at leading people. And that's how we kind of really got the position that Cassie's in right now as marketing director, which is something that I could never and will never do in my life <laughs> because I, it's just not my gift. But I think that's really the gift of having a tool like the Enneagram that can give you self-awareness. It, it helped you recognize because I feel like you're not alone. I, I would imagine it the same exact way. We just get told that there's this progression from the bottom to the top, and that's how you achieve, you know, work satisfaction. Is you're working up until you are a high position. When truly, that's when you can also get anxiety and work strain and just 
burnout if you're in a role that is not actually suited for your personality. But you can't even know that unless you know your personality yeah. and you know who you are. So one, the, yeah, the interesting ahead. thing is I was, you know, I like I said, I'm adaptable. And so mm. I thought this was something that I could do and be like, I was confident in myself. Like, I can do this. I can, I can mold into whatever. But it was kind of, you know, I could do it for a little bit. I, you know, checked those boxes for a while. But it, then I realized this is not a long-term position or solution. Mm -hmm. I think that happens across the board because I think you were with us from the very beginning. And I mean, were you like the first hire almost? Uh, one on of the corporate first level? three besides first Maggie. Three, yeah. yeah. Um, so you were with us. And so as we progressed, we just kind of kept giving you more. Right. And I think in every situation almost, if you're going to grow in a business um, or if you're going to kind of climb the corporate ladder as it is traditionally, you become more of a leader and you have more people under yes. you. And we're not aware enough to be able to say, hey, it's okay that you don't have people under you. You're really good at this. Let's keep helping you become better at, at this or mm -hmm. that. And I think sometimes we, I, I know we often make the mistake of, let's say a good game master, oh, let's make them an assistant manager, or maybe we make an assistant manager a manager, and those are two distinct things too. And doesn't mean that just because you're good at that, you're going to automatically be good at the next level if that's what it is. Like, that's how we view it. And I think we need to flip that on its head 100%. and look at it totally, totally different and, and kind of know your lane and be okay with that lane and say, this, this is who I am and I can grow in this particular role. Yeah. That was a powerful thing for me to realize. Yeah. I think, too, speaking, since Colin and I were on the same team, it was really helpful because when I came in as director, I, I had this thought of, like, well, I have to be the voice that all the managers across the nation are hearing, and I recognized that that was very draining to me. I do much better with the project management and the behind-the-scenes and the details and making sure everything is getting across the finish line. Colin, he's not managing these people, but he gets to engage with these people, and because he can interact with so many different personality types and as the peacemaker that nine characteristic is that you can you just meld with other people really well and so we quickly learned Colin you talking with the managers you being that voice of communication you talking with vendors and other people we're using that is a lane you can run in all day long and then when you need something or you need you know the bill paid or a detail taken care of, then you come to me. And it, it really, it was a healthy thing for our dynamic to, for me as the director, not to have this power hunger of like, no, I have to be the one to talk to everybody. Right. I feel like it, like the manager conference, it would be like, Oh, you're the director of marketing, this like wizard behind the curtain who yeah. no one ever talks to because Colin was stronger at it and by freeing me up I could do what I was better at. Right. And people love Colin. I uh, how can you not? We all love Colin. We all love Colin. Oh, we yeah. all do. Yes. So okay, focusing back on this triad <laughs> being instinctual, I think it'd be really fun for us to go quickly rapid fire around and talk about maybe a positive and a negative in the workforce that we've recognized about ourselves. This was not a question that I prepped you for because okay. I want you to go rapid fire. Wow. Like what Dang. do you think about when you think of how your gut instinct can be a positive or a negative thing in the lens of your number. Okay, I can go first. Go, go for it. So my positive is is that I can uh, motivate people and get people to move and get excited and passionate about a project. Mm. The bad or the negative is that I can steamroll people and just push them to the end and not care enough about them as a person. I can just care about the project sometimes and just like have that um, as the overpowering presence mm -hmm. and people feel not as cared for. 
Mm. Those are my positive. That's my positive and negative. Mm. So good. That's good. Um, I think my negative is, uh, and you know what? This could actually be a positive sometimes. Classic nine. Um, I'm a <laughs> In all angles. I am a, ple- I'm a, I'm a huge people pleaser. Um, and so I, again, not bringing up conflict, I will, you know, let something go or not bring up a, a disagreement in the workforce. And so it will, you know, build up resentment or something and build up really just inefficiency. If we're thinking just in a professional setting, it's, mm. it's completely inefficient because I'm not bringing up helpful, healthy and helpful things to, you know, progress a project or whatever along uh, because I care more about what people think of me. Um, so the people pleaser is, uh, that's, and I see that in my personal life, obviously, um, a positive, I think I'm a good listener. Um, and I think I am very good at taking an idea, um, or, um, or a vision and turning that into something. And so where that played its biggest role, uh, in my job at breakout was usually video production. And so if the, uh, if the goal or the vision was, hey, we want to help promote this new room or we want to help promote this new uh, promotion or uh, discount or gift card thing, um, this is, uh, you know, let's try and distill this into a very uh, consumable thing for people to, to watch in a video. And that's, um, you know, again, the seeing all angles of it, I can see if, like, if an ad is pandering or, uh, you know, talking down to uh, the consumer or whatever. Um, I think I'm really good at getting an idea and then turning that into something. Mm. Cool. I would agree with that. For me as a one, I know that with ones, because we are perfectionistic and we want to achieve that highest level, we have a really hard time either A, starting a project or B, finishing a project. Mm. We won't start because we're, we don't want to get going until we know that it can be perfect or we don't finish it because it's never quite good enough. Mm. And so I have a hard time with procrastination or with shipping a product. And so that is something that I really struggle with. And Colin's smirking at me because I know he's, he's like, I you hate You that. hate a blank page. Oh, I hate it. I would always just let Colin start the page and then I can like Which go is in great because I'm like, I'll just work on it for 30 minutes and then it's something. I just, for, to me, it was just spattering something on a page. Then you're like, oh, thank goodness. There's something on this and I can... Put more details into it and refine it a little bit. And that's what you're good at. And that's what I was good at. So Yeah. So that gives you another lens of how just knowing your number and how you can work as a team really is so healthy and so productive. And then I think something that I'm really good at that we've talked about is just that detail mindset of how I thrive in project management and making sure like, okay, here's the, the list of items we have to get done. And um, I think it lent well when I took a, a leave of absence when I had my daughter. You know, it was like, okay. Here, team, here is the list of things. And that was really life-giving for me to plan ahead of time so that the team could keep running in my absence. So I think just knowing that that's my strength and not being afraid to say, project management is my strength. Coming up with a creative storyboard is not really my strength. And the irony is, is people say like, well, you're the director of marketing. Like, you should be creative. But we have been able to, well, right now it's a little little different, but we had been able to build a team around the concept of, playing into everybody's strengths. And it really did feel like, you know, we were we were on an equal field of like together as a machine, we work really well. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Well, before we run out of time, I've, we have one more last question. Um, if you could give advice to our listeners, um, to those that maybe have um, not done the self-awareness test or 
um, been through the Enneagram or uh, are not as self-aware, or even maybe they have a negative idea in their head about taking these tests or using these as tools, if you could give them advice about how important it is in your life or advice about how to approach it, um, what, w- what would you say? Yeah. Um, you know, I would say that I too was cynical about it at first. Um, and so I get it. Um, but it's still very, it's still very, very helpful, um, in the workforce and w- just in your personal lives. It's about, it's about engaging with people, which you do every day. Um, and so, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's something, especially with, I think a nine, um, which again, I am a nine wing eight. And so, we tend to suppress emotions uh, pretty easily. And so I would, my advice to the other nines out there uh, would be don't be afraid to show your emotion because it's when you do, it's a very powerful thing. They, you know, people expect the, the eights to take charge and the, um, you know, the, the more energetic and extroverted uh, folks to take charge. But when you take charge as a nine, it's a very powerful thing because mm-hmm it's a peacemaker taking charge and it's yeah. um, I think they call them uh, the referees or, you know, the, the peacemakers. There's a lot of words for it, but yeah, that's what I would encourage them to do. Yeah. That's really good. Mm. Well, thanks so much, Colin, for yeah. taking the time to, to talk to us about this. I think this is extremely helpful and hopefully it's been helpful to all of our listeners too. Hope so. Such a treat to have you. Thanks for listening, everyone. Stay tuned for next episode where we ponder and explore the thinking triad which is comprised of fives, sixes, and sevens. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Goodbye.